If you enjoy podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Highway to Health Podcast, hosted by Jeremy Quinby, provides guidance, quality resources, and inspiration for anyone seeking wellness in mind, body, and spirit. There's an episode that you should check out called The Value of Our Emotions, where Jeremy helps listeners understand the role emotions serve and what we can learn about our present state by staying attuned to them. Check out Highway to Health Podcast on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com. Hey there, leading ladies. Welcome to the Women Physicians Lead Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Lisa Herbert, a two-time best-selling author, speaker, family physician, and executive leadership coach with over 20 years experience of providing primary care and serving as a healthcare leader. If you are a woman physician ready to make a change in your career and have a seat at the leadership table, then you are in the right place. I'm excited to provide you with the crucial skills you need to be a successful leader and strategies to deal with workplace challenges. So put on your headphones and listen as we explore the new world of building women physician leaders. Hi, leading ladies. It's Dr. Lisa, your coach, your cheerleader, and biggest supporter in your professional and personal development. Leadership is a journey, and today, as part of our self-care series, I am talking with Dr. Archana and Dr. Amber about taking care of yourself during the journey. So we know as women physicians that we are challenged with not only showing up as our authentic selves in the workplace, but also balancing home and work, dealing with microaggressions, inequality in work and pay, and also, unfortunately, at times, sexual advances and misconduct by our male colleagues and discrimination based on gender and race. These challenges and continued stressors can also lead to depression, anxiety, burnout, and ultimately the decision that some of us make to leave the medical field entirely or to go part-time. So today, Dr. Ashna and Dr. Amber knows all too well the ups and downs of being a female physician. Dr. Archana is an emergency physician, certified life coach, best-selling author, speaker, and entrepreneur. She is the co-founder, one of the co-founders, and chief wellness officer of Women in White Coats. Her mission and purpose is to uplift and empower women doctors through the ups and downs of life and career. Also joining us today is Dr. Amber, the other half of the co-founder of the Women in White Coats. She is a double board certified family medicine and lifestyle medicine doctor practicing as a family medicine residency faculty member at Rochester Regional Health, along with being the director for diversity, equity, and inclusion for the Graduate Medical Education Office. She is a best-selling author, physician journalist, co-founder, as mentioned, of Women in White Coats, and also the co-founder of Sanctuary MD, which specializes in leak-resistant period panties for women who want to get their sanitary pad in place. So welcome, ladies. Thank you for being a part of the Women Physicians Lead podcast. It's so great to have you here today. Thank you, Lisa. We're so excited to be here. Thank you. So I'm excited to talk to you guys today about taking care of yourself during the journey. So we know as women physicians that, again, as I mentioned earlier, we are challenged with so many things in the workplace. Also, during these trying times of being, you know, part of sometimes the frontline workers in the pandemic, 
we are not only challenged with the stressors of that, the long hours, obviously, and the volume of patients that we're seeing, but also now having to deal with home as well as work, dealing with trying to balance family, childcare issues, all of those things that sort of are leading to more and increased rates of burnout. So I wanted to really have this discussion and do this self-care series. I'm excited that you guys can join me today in talking about this important topic. So the first question that I have that I ask all of my guests is, thinking about your career and your leadership journey, who or what may have been instrumental in that decision? And either one of you can go first. How about Dr. Amber? All right. Thank you again for having us. And yes, it's so uh, important to make sure your self-care is in there because a lot of times that's at the end of the list, but making sure it's at the at the forefront. So for me, just kind of thinking of where I am now, a lot of it has to do with my parents and things that I saw when I was growing up. So I was in the hospital a lot because my dad actually had a spinal cord issue. And so he was in and out of the hospital for about four years. And so seeing the different doctors there, seeing the different opportunities there, and I was about four years old at that time, it kind of is where I grew up. That's what I knew. And that became my familiar. And on the side of education and leadership, my mom really put a lot into my sister and I to do a lot of whether it be public speaking or whether it be jumping to do things in leadership, teaching other people because uh, she is an assist- she she was a retired assistant professor in mathematics from Southern University. It just really kind of shaped us into okay. We want to do something in medicine. We, for me, I want to do something in medicine, want to do something in leadership. And then with my mom, she always emphasized self-care because she was a caregiver for my dad. As he went through his different ailments that were coming, she always said, well, you know, you are the best person to take care of yourself. You know what you need. So you need to be able to make the time and do it. So we would do a lot of things with dancing and line dancing in the backyard and <laughs> Second line from, you know, because we're from Louisiana in the backyard oh, yeah. <laughs> and doing all those things to make sure that we were doing okay. And and so, yeah, it kind of got incorporated with my day to day and what That's I do. That's great. That's great. Thank you for sharing that. And also, so we would like to hear from you now. Dr. Yeah. John. Yeah. So in terms of like how I ended up in medicine, I definitely was highly influenced by my mom, who's now a retired family medicine doctor. And uh, I grew up in like helping out at her clinic. She had a solo private practice for her entire career. And uh, once I was old enough to uh, like in, in my teens, like 13 or so, I would start going there and help filing folders for her, sometimes answer the phone you know, put patients in rooms. So I kind of grew up around medicine. And even when I was younger than that, my mom used to round in the hospital and she would take me with sometimes because she didn't have anyone else to watch us. So we would just go with her and the patients loved meeting her kids. And it was a totally different time where you could bring your kids with you to round in the hospital and that kind of thing. But seeing her in medicine definitely highly influenced me to uh, choose that career path. 
But in terms of leadership, honestly, what got me thinking about that was when I decided um, to become a coach and to coach women on wellness. And I went through a period of professional, what I call double burnout, actually professional burnout as an emergency physician, but also parental burnout, because I would go from my first shift in the ER and come home to my second shift taking care of, and you know, all the childcare preparing meals, shopping, taking them to their appointments, all of those things, their their activities. And I was just so exhausted, feeling burnt out on both fronts. And so I went on a fitness journey. I I found a coach to help me with my own wellness. I was also out of shape, about 30 pounds heavier than I am now, and found a coach to help me get back into shape. And as I did that, she was actually a physician coach. And I started to think, uh, maybe I could do that too and help other women. And people were asking me, how'd you lose that weight? Can you help me? And so I decided to become a coach. And that really shifted a lot of things for me in terms of how I saw myself. Although I had been practicing in the same environment in the ER for a number of years, you know, to me, the idea of being an administrator, which was sort of the next logical step of taking leadership within the organization I was at would be like being an assistant director or assistant medical director or something along those lines didn't really excite me, to be honest. (laughs) So I started thinking outside the box and what else could I do? I definitely felt a desire to be a leader. And so I decided to create my own role as a leader and my own business as a coach. And eventually we later on went on to create Women in White Coats where those are my main leadership roles are are ones that I created for myself (laughs) in many ways or that, you know, Amber and I created together this business, Women in White Coats. And it's been really rewarding to create something from our own thoughts and our own creativity and uh, create an organization that we love being a part of. That's great. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I think you said a number of things, both of you. And I think one is the influence that our family has on us, right? And growing up, our parents and the the village, I like to call it, that helps to sort of raise and shape us. And then the second is really paying attention to and listening to your body in terms of what it's telling you, in terms of being able to notify or be able to recognize rather when it's time to take time for yourself and really address those issues of self-care and burnout. And then the third is what you mentioned. It's a new sort of, I guess, way of defining even what leadership really means because being a leader, a lot of times we, we think of a leadership role being within an organization maybe that we work for, but we can certainly be leaders outside of our organizations as well in our communities and within roles that we are passionate about. So, so thank you for sharing that, both of you. So as you talk about, you know, wellness and, and also being a, a coach, what does a day as an advocate and a wellness champion look like for you? Who do you serve and what problem do you solve? I'll go first on that. And, you know, as a wellness advocate, as a coach, you know, our big focus at Women in White Coats is serving women doctors. And really, especially right now with a pandemic, just the amount of exhaustion and overwhelm that is going on within our tribe of women doctors is just, it's just insane. I mean, honestly, like the, even before the pandemic, women doctors had very high burnout rates, greater than 50%. And after the pandemic, it's even higher. And, you know, that's the main focus of who we serve. And on a day-to-day basis, we're like, we are connecting with women doctors, hearing from them, hearing their pain points and trying to help guide them to a better, because there are multiple levels to to this, to burnout, to exhaustion. Some of it is just the pure physical exhaustion, but then there is also definitely the mental (laughs) exhaustion that goes along with 
a lot of the thoughts that we have about our work and how things are going and also um, some of the interactions we have with different members of our team. And so we're really passionate about helping women doctors work through all of those different things. And in our wellness and empowerment program, we really take a 360 degree look at the life of a woman doctor. You know, everything we talk about, everything from self-care to relationships, to feeling empowered to ask for what you need to ask for a raise to say, you know, these conditions are not appropriate <laughs> for me or for my patients, you know, for me to be able to provide the appropriate care, the kind of care I want to provide and really advocating for themselves. So we are trying to help them heal themselves and also empower them to ask for what they need. And our wellness and empowerment program is a deep dive into that where we over 12 weeks, really take them on a journey to help them regain that feeling of wellness and well-being and also and also feeling feeling empowered to step up and be, either be a leader or also just say exactly like what they need and what, what needs to change in their environment. Great. Anything you'd like to add, Dr. Amber? Yeah. And what I have learned with women in white coats and even the day-to-day job of seeing patients in the clinic and working with colleagues is that everyone wants to be seen, heard, and acknowledged and being able to get the space to do that. And so we've been able to curate a space just like that. And, and not only for women in white coats, but also for, you know, our different colleagues who are going through things, our, you know, people who have graduated from medical school with residency, you know, being able to create that, that space to just kind of say, hey, you know, this is a safe space for you to really like let it all out. You can't necessarily do it in in front of your patients. You can't do it in front of your nurses, your MAs, but you can do it here and we can be able to heal each other and help each other going through that. So as an advocate, I really try to create that space. I did it today with one of my, one of the newer, well, she's not a new attending, but she's a newer attending and trying to figure out how do you navigate some things in the clinic? And when you have a difficult person to work with, how do you navigate that? And being able to just create that Mm -hmm. space to say, Hey, you know, let's talk about it. Let's go through it and, you know, get it out so that you don't have to carry it with you because the more you carry it with you, the more thoughts that you have that are negative. I mean, it really, it, it just is a downward spiral to burnout. Yeah. I think that's really important because having a safe space, like you mentioned, is really important because we know that as physicians, a lot of times we don't feel empowered to speak up. And that's for a number of reasons. Sometimes it's just because of confidentiality um, reasons, right? We don't know if something is going to backfire because we speak up and say something about how we might be feeling or that we might be feeling stressed or burnt out and how that's going to um, play out, right, in terms of our professional space. So it is really important to have a space to be able to come together and to have it deemed as being safe. And I think a lot of times, you know, as you guys probably see as well, you know, I see sometimes as a coach having to come in and really coach people about the behaviors that they're having in the workplace. And those behaviors are sometimes a result of the burnout and result of the stress and result of not being heard and result of not feeling empowered. So if we can really catch that early and we can really empower women to really speak up and seek help beforehand, it can, I think, do wonders for themselves, not only professionally, but personally as well. Yeah. And I think 
Yeah. And I think also, I mean, there's definitely a lot of shame that women doctors or any doctor really feels like if they're having, if they are experiencing burnout, they're feeling bad that they have burnout, right? Like they're feeling like something's wrong with me. I'm not strong enough. I'm not tough enough. I'm the only one going through this. But I think what we really need to do is humanize this experience of being a doctor. Like we are not super humans, you know, we are simply human people who happen to have this training as doctors, right? We doctor as our profession. That is not everything that we are. Many of us are also wearing many, many other hats, you know, as spouses, partners, as mothers, sisters, daughters, you know, we we do a lot of other things, especially right now in the pandemic, we're really, a lot of our families are relying on us for a lot of different roles and and including some of us as teachers, like when we were doing, kids were home, mostly home doing remote learning. So there's a lot of different things that we're going through. And I think like, we need to also take away that shame that comes with it, that, that something is wrong with you for feeling burnout. And it's just so common right now. And I think that's one of the things that we are really proud of at Women in White Coats is just creating that space, like a safe space for people to talk about it. It's away from their work environment. Mm -hmm. And they have that space to be able to talk about what they're really feeling and knowing that they're not alone is so incredibly powerful. One of the things that people say all the time when they're a part of our events is like, Now I know that I'm not the only one going through this and that I'm not alone. And I think having that support and and a place to uh, discuss these things and have a a space to like work through them is so helpful. Absolutely. Absolutely. So as we're talking about self-care, define for us what self-care means to you and what does self-care look like when it comes to women in leadership and healthcare, especially those on the front lines during this pandemic. Yeah, for for me, self-care is doing what I feel like I'm purposed to do. Now, I know for a lot of people, self-care is like, oh, you know, making sure that you're eating the right things. And I try to do that. Yes. Um, Making sure that you're exercising. I try to do that. Yes. But also knowing that I'm not in this bubble of just being a physician, that I, like we were saying, that we're humans. And we're, for me, I'm a very creative person. And so If I don't have an outlet to be creative, then that's when I start having some issues. That's when the burnout comes. That's when the depression and anxiety come. Growing up, I uh, learned to play the piano. I was in the choir, did a lot of singing. I'm very creative, did dancing, all of those things. The artsy person, that was me. And when I got into medicine, I I stopped doing those things. And I realized that those were therapy for me. So getting more into those things, you know, rediscovering the loves of my life, the things that really make me smile and make me laugh and make me dance, those, that's how I really focus on self-care. And being a leader, it's so important to show that because the people who you're leading, a lot of times they don't necessarily know how to take care of themselves, or they may be embarrassed about certain ways that they may, you know, or or feel guilty really of taking care of themselves, but being able to show them, Hey, it's fine. Let's dance together. (laughs) I've done that before. Turn on music. Let's go. So having that freedom just to, just to be and taking one day at a time. That's great. Yeah. I mean, and I would say like for me, self-care is, you know, being able to fill your cup, you know, so that you 
don't feel like you're just giving and giving and giving and never have a chance to replenish your own energy, your own, you know, having time for yourself. And for everybody that looks different, right? For, you know, some people like Amber saying it might be getting back to her hobbies for other people that might be like having enough time to exercise every day or getting that, you know, getting their sweat on for others that might be doing meditation. For me personally, I have a, a daily practice that really changed so much for me when I started doing like a more routine and I am a mom of two. And I used to do this thing where I would wake up to my kids. My kids would basically be waking me up <laughs> when they were little. And they'd be like, mommy, mommy, I'm hungry or I need something or help me brush my teeth. I need to change, blah, blah, blah. And and that was like not the great way to wake up because then it's like all about them for the rest of the day. And you usually are not going to find any other time in the day to have time for yourself. So then I decided I'm going to wake up before the kids. And I had to set my alarm a little bit earlier and I would wake up and it just made all the difference in the world to have even just like 10 minutes to myself, quiet, no one else, nobody needing anything for me, not the kids, not my husband, not patients, not needing anything for me, like nobody needs anything for me. And this is just my time for me to do whatever I wanted to do. And for me, that was like, you know, meditating, doing some prayer, doing some gratitude journaling. I, and then, you know, I kind of expanded that 10 minute thing into a longer routine now where I actually do my workout and things like that too. But that kind of came gradually as I was like able to shift my time to work, waking up earlier. So that's what it looks like for me. But I think for everybody, it's going to look different. And I think as leaders, we need to definitely be encouraging everybody to, to take that time. But then, you know, it may not be the only thing that people need, you know, like I think that as a leader, especially somebody who's in a healthcare organization, there's a lot of organizational things that could change. <laughs> For example, regarding the EMR, the way the scheduling is done, all those kinds of things that could allow people to feel more rested. For example, where I worked in the ER, our scheduling was not very humane. <laughs> the way it was done, like we would get flipped around from like, you know, doing a night shift. So just like one day off and you're back at a 6am shift. Those kinds of things are institutionally driven. And those types of things can change if an institution and organization wants to change them. And I think like, for anybody who's in a leadership role, they really need to start thinking more about those. And I, I hope that that is, you know, happening more and more to really just think about like all those little things that really just deplete your people more and more and make them feel like, you know, they have no time for themselves, no energy, you know, to show up as their best selves. So I think, you know, there's a lot of people complaining about like EMRs and how that's done or scheduling or call, if there's ways to improve that by just listening, first of all, to what's going on, I think that that would be incredibly helpful and really move the needle on, on things like burnout. Absolutely. Yeah, I think both of you have some um, real good nuggets that you shared. And Dr. Archana, I think it's definitely important for organizations to start to step up to the plate because we have, you know, told individuals for the longest things that they can do to help themselves and, you know, how we should prioritize self-care. But I think it's it's both sides, right? I think it's the individual and I think it's also the organization stepping in to realize what they can do on their end just to even make it easier for us to be able to take on some of those, you know, suggestions, ideas about what it really means to take care of ourselves. I know for myself, as as you mentioned earlier, I know you have your own experience with burnout and I had my own experience with burnout as well. 
And I think that for me, what you had mentioned, Dr. Amber, about rediscovering the loves of your life, that was the, the, that was the thing that I really think just moved the needle for me. It was thinking back to all the things that I used to do that I just let slip by the wayside. And once I started to institute those things into my routine again, you know, going out with my girlfriends, traveling, reading, meditating, dancing, you know, roller skating. I don't do that right now, but I did. (laughs) But all those fun things, you know, really helped to really cause a shift. And so I hope that for those who are listening today, that they really take heed to some of the advice that you guys are giving because it's, it's great advice. So thanks for that. Yeah. And please do, because the thing is, I'm noticing that it's going further than burnout. A lot of uh, my colleagues are starting to have these medical issues and are aged by COVID. Mm-hmm. Heart attacks, premature back surgeries, migraines, cancer. And these are people who are maybe early to mid-career. So it's important to really focus in on that because, yeah, it's, it's you know, it's past burnout. Right. I agree. I definitely agree with you when you say that. So I want to talk a little bit about diversity in leadership, if we can, just for a little bit. And as it pertains to having more women physicians um, in healthcare and how vital we are, you know, to the healthcare system. So when we look at really the pandemic and how the lid has been lifted and really exposed not only healthcare disparities, but also disparities in the work, how would having more women in leadership roles in healthcare help to reduce those disparities and also to improve care? I'll let Amber answer that one. That's right up her alley. Okay. Well, I mean, first of all, I think women have a natural um I don't want to say men don't have a heart for people, but I want to say women have (laughs) uh, ability to listen and tune in a bit more than sometimes our male counterparts. And I also think that we bring a different perspective. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times we are doing things where we're juggling so many things in our personal lives. And that kind of goes into what we do during our professional. I am biased, I will say, but I feel like a lot of times we may be more, more efficient in multitasking, even though all of us know we don't do the greatest when you have a lot of different things. But I do think that women do a bit better when it comes to that. And there's research that really supports Uh, a lot of what we do with our patients, how we're listening more, we have better outcomes. I really think that that then goes over to us as leaders as well. I know I just really, I literally just came back from a, a leadership retreat last weekend and all of those who were there in leadership were women. So yes. yes. So that was a different dynamic that I was not accustomed to. And just having that there kind of talking about some things that maybe not necessarily coming up as much for other for other committees or for other groups like, okay, well, we're doing diversity, equity, inclusion things today. Let's see, you know, what we can do for women who may be pregnant and going through different things during COVID. How can we make this a bit better for them? 
or for our women who may be going through things and having different anxiety and things going on, how do we address that for them versus how do we address that for our male colleagues? So just even having those conversations and looking deeper. But yes, I am very biased when it comes to this. So yeah, I think we bring a little bit different, a different approach to it. And I know, Archana, we've talked about this uh, quite a bit, even through Women in White Coats and how we bring the feminine side of leadership out and what those attributes are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that as women, you know, this is our century, honestly, (laughs) where we really need to step up into owning that we are natural leaders. I think we, we, most of us are leaders at home, right? Like with our spouses, with our kids, like we kind of like rule the house for most of us. So I think like, it's kind of like this natural thing, like we, we are leaders, and we have a lot of the attributes that are needed in the 21st century. We inherently have that we're, we're empathetic, we're compassionate, we're good listeners. not to say men can't have that, but it's comes more naturally to us. We're team oriented, we want to work together, we want everybody to gain, you know, we're not as competitive, we want this to be a win win for everybody. So there's so many natural strengths that women have. And I think what we need to do is stop seeing it as a, a handicap, that being a woman is a handicap and is holding you back from things and, and start seeing it as your superpower and the exact very thing that's needed right now in this time, this age, we have shifted paradigms from a very patriarchal leadership style from you know the last century to a very different leadership style that's needed today with all the different generations in the workforce, including millennials and younger generations, they are not going to react well to a patriarchal (laughs) paradigm of leadership. And what they are looking for is a very different type of leadership, which we naturally have. And I think we need to own that, step into that, and not shy away from leadership positions and just show up with all the strengths and all the greatness that you already have in you. Absolutely. I agree 100%. I think, as you mentioned, you know, as women, we have what people may may deem as soft skills. I mean, they come naturally to us, right? Those things that you just mentioned that may not be those technical skills or financial skills or strategic skills that may come, that we may see rather in other leaders. But those are the more important ones, actually, right? Those are the ones that we use to garner relationships. Those are the ones that we use to influence others to do things. Those are the skills that really make us unique and stand out, actually, from from other leaders. So I definitely um, agree with you on that. And it's really interesting, Dr. Amber, that you mentioned about the conference that you went to which I'm really, really happy and excited to hear that they were all women. But I think it becomes important to understand why that's important, because obviously if we have more women, then we create a more inclusive environment. And we start to talk about the things that you mentioned, because if we don't bring those issues up, no one else really sees that as as something that we should be discussing. Things like you know, looking out for women who are pregnant or women who are, have children and are lactating or all the issues or, or things that we need as women to be successful in those roles. So it really does become important for us to continue to shape, mold and train women and to make them feel empowered that they can really step into these um, leadership roles. So I'm going to ask both of you, if you could just give us, our listeners, three tips on things that 
maybe you wish you would have done earlier to help you in terms of combating maybe burnout or three tips that will help us to embrace self-care and to take care of ourselves as we're going through this. So one thing that comes to mind for me is just the thought of that self-care is never selfish. I think that as women, we oftentimes feel bad, feel guilty for taking time for ourselves. I know I did in the beginning where, you know, my kids were little, my husband and I were both working full time outside the home and we were like trying to juggle it all. And if I was like, oh, I need to, I really want to go work out right now. I felt guilty, you know, it's like, oh, but I should just be with the kids. I should be taking care of them, you know? And so, but the shift happened for me when I started to realize that self-care is never selfish. And when I do the self-care, I can show up better for my entire family, including my husband. So it's like, listen, you're going to benefit from me getting my workout. <laughs> I'm going to be happier and I'm going to have more energy. I'll be um, interacting with you better and the kids better and also probably doing be able to do more around the house, you know, to help out. So I think that just recognizing that is is a big thing. And then I guess I would also say that just making it a priority and a non-negotiable is is something that's really helped me. Like I schedule it just like I schedule any other with other people. I schedule that time for myself. And it's it's like a sacred time of my day for me where I don't let anything else come in the way. You know, of course, if there's like a true emergency, then yes, <laughs> I will move it around. But I make it uh, um, a priority for myself because I just know that those days when it doesn't happen, that my whole day is kind of off and I feel off and I, I, I can notice that I'm not, I'm not showing up as myself. And I guess I'd have to think for a second about what my third tip would be for self-care, but let me think about it. We'll answer to, uh, okay, well, Amber I answers. We can go to Dr. Amber and uh, <laughs> I'm sure she, she can give us another one or two tips. That'll be fine. Okay. Yes. So this actually, this advice was actually given me, uh, given to me by men, male doctors. Diversify your career early. <laughs> Don't put all your eggs in one, one basket, basket of medicine. Right. <laughs> uh, that advice was given to me during my intern year. I took it and I ran with it because what happens is so many doctors and in particular, women doctors can get just stuck in doing the same thing over and over again and not knowing that you have options of doing other things, whether you're interested in doing administrative work with leadership or you're interested in being an entrepreneur, making sure that you're not just like everything is one thing. You you are not a one note person. You have a lot of different, a lot of different attributes. So diversifying your career so you can make room to have self-care because your value can be not only just seeing patient after patient after patient. Another thing that I would say is enjoying your life. You only have one. COVID has taught us that. I know a lot of us in medicine can be workaholics because that's just, you know, that that's the name of the game at at different points of our career, but knowing that that's just one side of us and that our lives are very broad where we have families, we have friends, we have different areas that really bring us joy because let's be honest, medicine does not always bring us joy. So knowing that and being able to pay attention to that. And then I'm going to give you advice that my mama told me. And she always tells me every time, basically almost every day, she just says, just take it one day at a time. Yes, one day at a time. time. 
-hmm. because you cannot predict what's going to happen five days from now, five years from now. But what you can do is appreciate in this moment what's going on. And and if it's hard, if it's tough, just take it one day at a time. If it's good, if it's bad, take it one day at a time because you know that's what makes up life, one day at a time. And I'm going to raise my hand here. I, thought <laughs> yes. I did think of one more. I love those tips that you shared, Amber. And especially your mom always drops some good um, pearls of wisdom. And so I guess my other thing would be uh, to ask for help. You know, the CEO of your life, not the one who's like doing all the little things, you know, and it could be help could be like Amazon Prime right? Like I used to get diapers delivered to our house. They were just on autopilot. They just kept coming and coming when my kids were little, right? It could be Instacart, right? And getting groceries delivered to you. It could be a cleaning lady, you know, it could be a virtual assist. Create your team to help you because we are wearing many hats as women and, you know, have a nanny, have childcare, like have those babysitters on speed dial, like all those things, you know, like build this team around you to help you lead your life and don't feel like you have to do it all on your own and be this superwoman who does all the things at work and all the things at home. Like you don't have to add all of that to your plate, build that team who's going to help you do it. And that, that helps tremendously like reduce the stress and, and it helps you feel like you're not in this alone. Like none of us are in this alone. We just have to realize that there's help out there and we just have to ask for it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, those were some great tips and some great pearls that you shared with us. I thank you guys so much for being here, for being guests on the Women Physicians Lead podcast. You are welcome back anytime. So as we wrap up, I just wanted to give you guys the opportunity to just leave us with any website or ways that which our listeners can contact you and get in touch with you and follow you. Mm-hmm. Well, you can check out our site at womaninwhitecoats.com. We're also on Facebook and Instagram at Women in White Coats or on Instagram as Women in White Coats blog. So check us out there. We have different programs that come up. The wellness and empowerment program you heard about. We also have our media launch where, where our our, our members in that launch are a part of a book projects and a part of really getting their career in media started. So follow us there. We have a lot of great information there, uh, a lot of a lot of great tips, and we are all about forming community and giving you the space to really, you know, let your hair down and just be. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much again. Thank you for all the work that you're doing and helping women physicians to become empowered and to also take care of themselves. So this series, again, is taking care of yourself during the journey. And I just want to, again, just thank you guys for joining us and look forward to speaking with you again soon. Thanks, Dr. Thank Lisa. You. It's been fun. Thank you. Thank you for listening today and for allowing me to be a part of your career journey. To continue receiving leadership support, I invite you to join our private Facebook group, Building Women Physician Leaders at www.leadingladiesincharge.com. Until next time, take care. If you enjoy podcasts like this, you should check out our author shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Highway to Health Podcast hosted by Jeremy Quinby, provides guidance, quality resources, and inspiration for anyone seeking wellness in mind, body, and spirit. There's an episode that you should check out called The Value of Our Emotions. 
where Jeremy helps listeners understand the role emotions serve and what we can learn about our present state by staying attuned to them. Check out Highway to Health Podcast on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com.